Hi, I'm Rex. And I'm Wolfgang. And this is Fag Time. The podcast where fags... Fags, definition, gays. Enjoy fags. Fags, definition, cigarettes. And get faggy. Faggy, definition, discussing various topics as if one had any credible authority on said matters. So if you're interested in gay shit... And or looking to take your smoke breaks to the next level... Then this podcast was designed for you. Check the description for our socials and don't forget to like, subscribe, follow... Or whatever else gives us a wildly overinflated sense of validation. Enjoy the episode! Oh yeah, and send nudes. So today we're talking about friends. Friendship. Friends and friendship. Frenemies. Yeah, all the stuff that comes along with friends and friendship. Uh, we thought we'd start with... Oh, we actually haven't... And I thought about this when after we did the first episode. Mm. We haven't even said the name of the show in the show. Have we decided on the name of the show? I th- well, that's true, actually. So... Well, if you're listening to this, we're currently in between two names and we'll probably decide one of them or maybe a third that we don't even have in mind yet. But it's going to be either physic, no, philosophically faggoting or butts and nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Butts and nuts did come to me in a dream. Yes, that's true. I feel like the other one is more, I don't know, tongue in cheek, family friendly rather than the outrageous nuts and butts, butts and nuts. That's enough. But it probably would get past censors, so just as likely. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll not even have a name by that point, and yeah. the listeners can decide for us. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, friends. Friendships. Let's so, start with old friends. Let's start with old friends, okay. So you've had an experience with some old friends recently, haven't you? Oh, yes, mm-hmm. I have. So I would, as two adult men, no, one adult man, shame on me, mm-hmm. one adult person, mm-hmm. how would you uh, class or define old friends? I think of anyone that I've known 10 years or more as a friend. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. People that are from definitely your past, that you would define as from your past, that would be part of that and that kind of thing. I have a lot of old friends that I don't talk to. Yeah. But I have old friends that I do talk to. Yeah, and that might seem obvious and why are we defining that, but it's probably just good to get the foundation in everyone's minds what we're talking about. But yeah, um, I did have an experience with old friends recently. Mm. Not one that I enjoyed. No. So, me and you, you Mm. and I, we reconnected fairly recently and we are like on the cusp of what we would class as old friends. Mm. Um, But that was a very pleasant experience reconnecting with you. 
it felt very natural. Like we fell back sh- straight back into yeah, there was kicking, old patterns. There was giggling, like yeah, all the old stuff came back to us. Lots of reminiscing. Lots of reminiscing. Lots of vibing. We both have very similar senses of humor still. Yeah, and it just felt really natural, really right, and I feel very rewarded having you back in my life. Yeah, me too. The feeling is mutual. These other old friends, mm-hmm. however, sadly, uh, it's a case of like things have changed. Mm-hmm. They've they've gone a direction in life, and I've not. Yeah, I've gone a different direction, <clears throat> and. I guess it's just one of those natural things that as you get older, people separate, people do things, and then you have less in common, less to talk about. But um, it is a shame because that other person I did used to consider my closest friend. Uh, We had a house together for a bit. Um, We had all the good stuff together. But... Like a lifetime worth of experience. A lifetime worth. And we went to school together as well. But they're engaged now. They have a house together now that they've been working the last couple of years renovating and now they've got it together. They're talking about having a child. They've recently got a dog. And it's just, when I went to visit, there was not that rapport that I've become accustomed to. And it was really sad, but also understandable. Um, And yeah, it's just one of the, I think it is just one of those things that friends drift apart, but it is a shame when it's one of your your most like impactful friends, yeah. yeah. Have you had any recent experiences with old friends? I wouldn't say recent, but I've had a similar kind of experience with meeting up with um, Tesco Express. Talcum powder. Talcum powder. Um, the one and only. Where it was similar in the sense that one of us had moved on and changed, but that was me. Yeah. I had progressed and come to know myself more and was like feeling life more and feeling my oats more and all that stuff and she was in the same place as always and I realized that it was a friendship of convenience because we went to college together Mm. and it was like the best of a bad bunch and just spending time together was just it wasn't awkward but it was strained there wasn't similarities there wasn't that like kiki the fun the laughter any of that stuff it was just it was like meeting a stranger really yeah that i already knew everything about so i didn't have any questions i didn't have any there was really nothing there and some people like us, for example, some people you'll tell a joke to or you'll tell someone about a funny story that happened to you that day and you'll cut up about it and Mm. you'll be in bits laughing. But then some people you'll go back to, like old friends I'm talking about, and you'll try doing the same thing and you just get the response kind of like, "Uh uh-huh, and And it's just so empty and feels so forced. Yeah, and you... It makes you question, what did we ever... Yeah. used to have in common or like what did how did we ever connect before because this is a very strange experience right now yeah it's baffling that like two people that got on so well and spent so much time together can suddenly not have that 
that it can be like sadly lacking and very obviously lacking. Yeah. It is a real it's a thing that I think everyone experiences to some degree. And they probably talk about it to some extent. But it's such a weird phenomenon that you have these close bonds with people that just disappear. Yeah. And like I'm very like when it comes to any form of relationship, even friendships, I'm very like what opposites where I'm quite comfortable with things ending. Yeah. But still it does come as a shock, like how finite and final it is. Do you think it's a shame when you like you're are you sad about that? Whenever if you think that? Yeah, I think I do internalise it to a degree, thinking about it now, that I I'm like, what's wrong with me that I can't find this connection again? Like like it's like searching for something that you've lost. Yeah. Like it's and frustrating and it's like yeah, loss is And to add context for people listening, uh we'll probably talk about this more in a different episode, but we talked recently actually about more romantic relationships and you go into things very differently where you're fully aware and almost expecting things to end at some point mm. and you're okay with that yeah so I that's why it it's it is strange then that you do internalize a lot of um emotion with friendships but then i guess friendships you do expect something different out of it yeah there's there's a sense of longevity to your friendship that, yeah that there's not as much drama there's not as much a friend can't break your heart by like cheating on you with other yeah. friends stuff like that i guess there's mm-hmm. no implicit and toxic level of your mine yeah and that element to yeah it. there's no there's no there's not as much ownership in friendship that mm. there's someone that is in your life in this casual sense so when it ends it's quite a shock to the system because it was only in a casual sense. Yeah. Like it there was the connection, there was the you vibed with that person and to suddenly not have that vibe and like not have that connection. Yeah. It's an odd feeling. It's definitely a shock to the system. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about old friends, I'm someone who quality is much more important to me than quantity. Yeah. And it's effort. Keeping up all the friends you had in the past, keeping a, a level of engagement up with all of them, I just genuinely would find draining if I tried to do that. Thinking about how many people I used to be hanging around, how many people we used to go out with, you know, nightlife-wise, mm. that would be a lot to maintain. And I think as you get older, you just appreciate more the people that, like you, to mm. me, where there's an intrinsic yeah. bond that it doesn't feel like, at least to me anyway, it doesn't feel like I have to try to maintain. It's a pleasure to maintain. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 yeah, there's definitely that sense in the, the pleasure of maintaining it. The, you almost rejoice in putting the work in, that you're more than willing to, you're like enjoy putting the work into it. Yeah. Um, thinking of old friends, actually, I've had another experience with old friends where I've connected with a group because I used to do a lot of drugs in my youth, mm. um, I cut off those people when I moved away from that. And recently moving back to where they are, the proximity tempted me to reconnect with them. 
and see how they're doing and just see if that friendship is still there. Yeah. And I definitely feel like it is still there. There's a group of straight guys. Um, so like not really my people, but like there's definitely a friendship there and I love that and like a connection. Mm. Um, and like I did miss them, but at the same time, we're worlds apart now. Yeah. But unlike with um, Tesco Express, Tally Bob, uh, the one and only, um, I felt comfortable settling back into that routine. That yeah. there was a rapport, like um, there was a back and forth, there was a give and take, and it worked, which was a shock because yeah. I thought they're in a very different place. They're still in that place mm-hmm. where they're doing drugs all the time and partying, but it's nice to know that like the connection we had and the reason why we, I spent so much time with them wasn't just because I was doing drugs. It was because I genuinely like these people. Like, yeah. Some of them are questionable and some of the friendships are still like, I'm not going to go all in. Do you think with people that you might try and reconnect with, because times have changed Mm. And I'm thinking about when you said some of them are questionable. I know a story, for example, that you told me where Mm. someone said something that today might not be as politically correct as it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Or socially acceptable. Do you think it's your place as a friend to guide them to change that behavior? Or do you think that's not my problem? No, I think it's definitely my problem. I think if you're in someone's life, you should be trying to bring out the best in them. And if you see things that aren't the best in them, little things, was it them saying the R word? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Where you just kind of have to say, you can't say that anymore. That's not. Okay. It is your place to kind of say, that's not okay. We've moved away from this. Like, we're in different times. Yeah. Especially if they're people, these people are very, like, in their own bubble. Yeah. And they're not, they, they're not as exploratory and like, I think it comes with being queer that you look into things a little bit more, that you've questioned things a little bit more. They're not questioners. They just accept things and have like stagnated in a way. Yeah. Um, And I think it's your duty as a friend to kind of come in and say, hey, I'm here, I have this viewpoint, I'm correct. Yeah, I think <laughs> um, that's important, I do. Like, let's, like, bring this up to date and, like, have these conversations. And um, there, I think that's part of why I, the reconnecting went well, is that when I brought this new stuff to them, when I brought up that I'm non-binary, when I, like, am that different viewpoint because I'm queer they were more than willing to sit and listen and take it in and question when it was necessary for them to like have more understanding. And they were like inquisitive and engaged. Yeah. Whereas with the one and only, I can't think of any other things that you call it. We should clear that up because people are going to be like, what the (laughs) fuck? If we say Tesco Express, Tally Bob, Talcum Powder, it's a running thing. Wolfgang used to have a friend called Tina, Mm -hmm. and Tina 
uh, I had the the experience of meeting once. <laughs> and this is someone who didn't acknowledge me the entire time I was there. She, she spoke about me in th- as if I was nowhere in sight. Mm-hmm. Felt great. Concept. Yeah. Um, did wonders for my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't like to refer to her actual name anymore. So now we just, it's Tesco Express, talcum powder, anything that begins with T, you're fine. Yeah. So you were speaking about Toblerone. Yeah, Toblerone. Um, She didn't engage. There was that, that's the thing that was a shock. You mean she didn't care about you? (laughs) No, I refuse to accept that. I don't think she ever did. I think she is the kind of person who has never been in the position where she's had to question anything um, because she's a straight white female, quite privileged, comes from money, like is a little bit stupid. Mm. Like she's never had to question anything. So when I brought this new element to her, instead of questioning, engaging with it and taking it on, she was like, why are you bringing this to me? Like, <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about whether I should buy this perfume soap or not. Yeah. Um, this should be about me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, vapid. Yes, very vapid. Um, which I saw before, but I definitely ignored. But it's also like you were saying to begin with, a lot of the time it's a convenience thing. And so if you're in a situation where you're in college or you're at work, you, I think automatically you make acceptances for people that you wouldn't outside of those situations because you know, okay, well, I have to be here every day and I would like someone to talk to. So I think subliminally we kind of lower our standard. Yeah. New friends. Mm-hmm. New friends, I don't have a lot of time for. Like, and what I mean by that is, uh, I'm quite guarded. Yeah, I by think life. That's what I'm yeah, my life experiences have just made me quite guarded, and I think I mentioned it in the last episode. As much as I'm a social person, I'm also not, and I think. For me to want and desire new friends, I have to know that they're 100% my cup of tea and my people. I can't be bothered with the 50% there, the 80% there, Mm. because I just think, why? It's that security level, isn't it? That you want to go into a situation where you're you know that you're going to be fully accepted. You know that nothing is off the table, that you, yeah. that you as a person are going to be embraced and taken in. And that's making new friends. That's inherently not there. Yeah. Like, you don't know that. That's the question. And I think as adults, it's much harder to make new friends. It's much harder to find new potential well, friends. Yeah. So why uh, burden myself with a subpar Mm-hmm. candidate um i mean actually saying that i suppose one reason would be because you find it hard to make friends so you'll just settle mm. but i don't think anyone should do that no 
It's not good. It's not good for your self-esteem either, like no. thinking like, because even back when I was friends with um, Tesco Express, like it did definitely do something to my self-esteem thinking like, this is the best I can get. Yeah. Like, and settling, like you're, you're not fully into it and you're not fully relaxed. Like, especially at this age, you don't want to be in a situation where you're not relaxed. You don't want to be in a situation where you're, I don't know. That you're changing who you are to a sense Mm. to fit in in that social setting at that time. Yeah. That leads back to my personality quiz, I suppose, where I said that um, I'm not comfortable pretending to be anyone that I'm not. Yeah. And so if you were to make friends nowadays... Well, first of all, do you have a desire to, do you think? Do you have a desire, like, I want friends, I want more friends? Or is it a case of, I want more social interactions, but they don't necessarily need to be permanent people in my life? Yeah, I think it's that one. I think um, that's why I'm drawn to dating. Yeah. Instead of, like, those people who put on their dating profiles, are oh, just looking for friends. Uh, uh, first of all, I'm like, no, you're fucking not. Yeah. Um, but even if you are, like, making friends nowadays is so difficult. But finding a connection with people is easier if it's romantic, in a sense. Mm. Well, I, especially, I think especially if you're in the queer community, I think it's a lot more, any kind of interaction with people tends to be more sexually led yeah i feel like you there's because the people that you and i'm speaking secondhand here because i'm thinking this about you mm. but it seems to be from my perspective that you'll socially connect with people via dating apps yes and yeah. so i mean you know things like tinder in order to talk to them you have to have shown us a, a, an interest in them visually yeah which leads you to building any kind of relationship, friendship or beyond. Mm. Yeah, which is a weird way to seek out friends because you're not necessarily looking for looks for attract for that no. form of attraction. That's why it seems easier in a way to make romantic relationships. And then settle into a friendship because of that. Yeah. Yeah, to vent vet them through the eyes of would I fuck this person? Yeah. Which is how we met actually, which we haven't mentioned yet. But yeah. We met on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I had a concussion yeah. at the time. So I was putting off meeting you, but only for that reason. Mm-hmm. So I was very interested in meeting you. Yeah. Uh but I wanted to be my best self and I thought if I was swaying over the shop like I'm drunk on a shit. <laughs> Might not give the best impression. Um, so we waited a bit and it was Valentine's Day and I just thought, yeah, fuck it. I feel ready now. Yeah. So we had a lovely date, several <laughs> lovely dates. Yeah. We decided to enter a monogamous romantic relationship for a bit. Yeah. Very tempestuous, mm-hmm. very up and down. Um, fiery. Fiery. And now I put that down to youth and lack of growth in many aspects. It was only my second relationship and only yours as well. Yeah, very true. Very true. 
Yeah, so there was a, a big learning curve, which I think it's fair to say we both struggled with yeah. in terms of grasping how the other person works, how we conform to their expectations, mm-hmm. whether or not we should, because we're both really headstrong mm-hmm. and stubborn, I think. And if we feel something, we want the other person to understand. And nowadays, we're in a position where we're, I think we're a lot more educated in terms of managing expectations but also just relationships in general yeah, just people like yeah. how you how you fit into the world how you do that stuff and i think it does help in a way like you're saying like building a romantic relationship is a really good way to see if later you can be friends in a very way. intense way yeah very intense but uh, yeah a crash course yeah because you definitely... really get to see the other person like for everything and, yeah. and how they commit and how they function really mm-hmm. like day to day because you're in their life in that way. Yeah. Whereas with making friends, that's the thing. That's also the thing. We're making friends. I don't know where that's true. to put this, put the barriers. Because you never see behind closed doors in a friendship. You never no. see what that person's like. Well, eventually you do, but it's yeah. eventually. Yeah, true. It's And it's easier when you're younger because you go around their house and you see how they are with their family. That's a traumatic experience as a kid. Yeah. Going around someone else's house and see, thinking like, I, this is not how a family should behave. Yeah. This isn't how my family works. Yeah. That's traumatising. Yeah, it's, it's a shock to the system. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like... Sometimes it's a good shock to the system, and like, I think yeah, definitely, definitely. Looking back on it, mm-hmm. but at the time, yeah, at the time you're eating vegan sausages for dinner and thinking, "I'm going to be sick. Where can I be sick? <laughs> this is inappropriate." Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so yeah, we we had the romantic side of the relationship, and then that turned into a we've realised now a polyamorous situation where. Yeah. We were still in a form of relationship, but seeing other people, sometimes seeing people together. Yeah, um, which was a lot of fun. Was a lot of fun. Um, we'll have a whole episode about that and a certain individual who goes by Bear Grylls. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Bear Grylls. The light of our lives. Yeah, the uh, one that got away. Yeah, we had to make a mutual contract to just back away <laughs> to avoid competition. Um, so yeah, we had like a lot of stages to our eventual, what led up to a really solid, grounded, uh, bearing all friendship yeah. that we have now. Yeah. Cause I we've seen each other at our worst. Yeah. Like we've seen each other like struggle. We've seen each other struggle with like life, with mental health, with like everything. And we have like... And that knowledge of each other where we can respond to the situation in a way that with works. context with context yeah. yeah that's the thing that like context is key to every situation that like we're both on that same wavelength that we question and we engage yeah um to a degree that is probably not i wouldn't say normal not average um so because we've had that intimacy yeah and we know like you said we know so much about each other that it would it does feel it not off-putting but it does feel like a challenge thinking like 
oh, this person can't come close because yeah. this person hasn't been there through thick and thin like you have for me. Yeah. So it's not it's not off putting, but it does feel a bit like meh. Yeah, like what are you gonna provide to my life? Like yeah. making a new friend, like you're not gonna live up to the new not expectation, but like the level of friendship that I have. The familiarity yeah. is there. Yeah. yeah. Which probably only gets worse as you get older because yeah. You'll yeah. Find out. Yeah, well I have um two friends that are from my college days that like it's very similar that like I've seen their lives evolve. I've seen what makes them them. Yeah. So it's not you can you can talk to someone and explain your life. Yeah. And you can tell them why you are the person you are and you can tell them these experiences, but there's something very different experiencing them with them. Yeah. What do they say? They say, There's a saying that like trauma binds people. Yeah. And it's really true. Yeah. Because like I've seen these people grow into the people they are. So when we communicate, we're communicating on a whole nother level. Like we are bonded by these things yeah and we know each other's lives and even still today like we can refer back to those things and we can talk about those things but it's not like abstract in any way no it's like i was there i yeah. remember this and if you have a feeling about something it's so easy and, and referential to go back and say oh you rem remember this mm. that's what i'm feeling like right now and then it's done you yeah instantly connect in that way which is really helpful yeah let's take a break okay hello back uh frenemies yeah frenemies interesting one have you had or do you have a slash and or do you have a frenemy you <laughs> no i have no frenemies i have no time for frenemies at the moment like it's just something i'm not interested in and the only time i've had frenemies is when i've been in larger social groups right um I do have a friend of me. Okay. Yeah. Um, trying to think of a fake name. Yeah. Um, da -da 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 -da. Just let's just call him T. Another T name. Um, he's a lot. Um, very like over dramatic. Um, and you're sure it's not me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's not you. Okay. Um, very like up his own ass and all those things uh -huh. but at the same he's part of the biggest straight group Friend that group. i've reconnected with um but at the same time i've had moments recently where i've been able to be there for him which was a shock to me because i would never think that that was something that i would be interested in but it goes back to my personality quizzes definitely that mm. um I value that in friendships, being able to be there for him. And, the rock. Yeah, and I 
was that and have been like a rock and it's opened a new avenue in our friendship where the other day I just thought, oh, I wonder how he is. And I've never thought that about him ever. Yeah. I've always thought, I hope he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not that extreme. <laughs> um, I've always like been sighing when he turns up, but now it's, it's different. It's like, I'm definitely like... So why were you ever friends with this person that you sighed when they turned <laughs> up? Because he, I, it was that situation of the big friendship group was friends with him. So right, okay, the proximity... Yeah we were friendly mm-hmm. and he was part of the friendship group. So he was one of my friends. Yeah. But um, yeah, those things can, they develop um, for the negative or for the positive. And I think this one has surprised me that it's developed for the positive that even if I don't like him as a person, I va- almost value him as a friend because yeah, it's really interesting hearing you talk about it because I haven't really th- considered the opposite of what we talked about earlier, which was how a really close friend can drift away. Perhaps people that you wrote off in the past mm. can, I mean, if people can change, then yeah, they true. can come closer to you in terms of what you value as a, in a friend. And I haven't really thought about that before. Which is interesting. Yeah, people can surprise you. Yeah. Like, things... It was it was a massive surprise to me because it was this moment of... We were out. I popped out for a fag. He was out there on his own. And we were chatting. And then he just started crying. And I was like, everything changed in that moment. Mm. Like, he was no longer the enemy. He was no longer this person that I had to put up with. He was someone that I knew quite well and had known for a while, even though I'm not invested in his life, I have been there for quite a lot of it. Yeah, it probably goes back to the, what we were saying about the familiarity and even someone that you didn't get on with, over time, if they're not making new friends or they don't feel like they have other strong connections in their life, just having that person who you've known for a long time, they've known you for a long time, probably feels quite comforting and makes you vulnerable just because you're in their presence. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like, I think it's kind of similar to how people feel about their extended family. Yeah. That they may not be the person that they've chosen, but they're the person that's there and that they have that connection with. Whereas, like, I don't really have a relationship with my extended family at all. Like, my family have opted out of that, so I've never been put in a position where I'm expected to have that. Yeah. So I think these friends that I've, air quotes friends, that I've been, had that proximity to, have kind of taken that place. Yeah. I remember when I left secondary school, which is high school also for people that don't have that system. Yeah. Um. I remember experiencing like a really weird phase that in the in the years after I would meet people from my secondary school or high school and if we were on a night out or something and we just bumped into each other they would introduce me to people as their friend from school and I thought to myself bitch what we didn't do anything together we didn't talk together we had no connection but it's almost like an us and them when you're yeah. released into the wild world after education, 
that just being in the same year group, there's the level of, oh, that's my person. Yeah. Yeah, they've experienced life to a similar degree. Um, yeah. In a similar way, in a similar bracket. They have... Yeah, like it's that similarity, isn't it, that's comfortable. Where yeah, you have something that's bonded you, even if it's not directly during that experience. You know that, you know, you had the same classes together or you know that you experienced the same fuck-up at sports day or whatever it was, and suddenly there's a, a rapport that other people in the room don't have. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Mm. Do you have any frenemies? I was trying to think... How would you define a frenemy? Because obviously there's a, a dichotomy immediately. How can you be friends and enemies? I so do you think it's like a rival thing? I think it's a degree of resentment is how I've experienced it. Mm. Is that you're friends with them and you have that proximity of friendship and that bond of friendship, but you're not, you wouldn't trust them. Oh, I've got loads. Yeah. <laughs> I've got loads. Not so much nowadays, but when I, going back to the friend I talked about at the start of the episode, which, you know, I felt like we've drifted a bit. When we shared a house together, we had house parties every weekend, mm-hmm. Fridays and Saturdays. And after that, well, even during that, I was going to, going to say that after that, it felt like, oh, you were only coming around because we had a place for everyone to come gather. I'd be guilty of that. I think it is, you know, it's... With T. Yeah. Like, he had had a place to come, so that was why, that was one of the reasons why we spent so much time together in our druggy days, is that he had a place to go. And the thing is, you can't be, as much as you could resent that, you can't really be mad at the situation because they're just taking an opportunity that you're presenting to them. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's that. But even when they would come round, it would be a bit like, because I was sharing that house with my friend and a lot of them were her friends originally, mm. it was a lot of the time feeling like, oh, like I'm putting up with you. Yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily frenemy territory, but it was going in the vein of resenting someone, but also drinking with them until the early hours. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, I guess. But otherwise... It's almost like you're performing friendship. Yes. Oh, no. No, I do have... So when I was at school Mm. I was not very confident for a while and it wasn't until sixth form or whatever school system you're in like the ages of 16 17 18 that I really came into my own and became a much more confident person Mm. and the friend group I had before that transition in myself did not like that confident awakening they did not appreciate it they didn't enjoy that I was being more outgoing and and wanting to do new things. And that turned into a really tense environment. Um, And I started being a lot more uh, sexually proactive, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I was suddenly getting all of my guy friends were very on my case about flirting with their girlfriends or trying it on with their girlfriends. And I was like, 
that's not happening. Like we're yeah. having a really good time and I might be making your girlfriend laugh, but that doesn't mean that we're going to fuck. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we're going to laugh behind your back. So it was their insecurities about the whole thing being projected on me, mm. but it made a really uncomfortable situation that I put up with because we had that history. Yeah. And I carried it on for as long as I could. And I think it was about until the age, like 23 ish. Mm. That's a long time to put up with that hostility yeah and it wasn't it wasn't constant but you know i'd invite them to house parties uh i would never get an invite uh, but yeah i tried to keep something going that just wasn't going to yeah because i felt like it would be a shame to let it go but i'm glad i did because it wasn't healthy it was just really toxic to be around all the time yeah on the subject of old friends i forgot um Let's call him E. Friends, best friends throughout all school, all of school, we're best friends. We we never, like, our friendship groups never crossed over because we didn't have the same taste in friends, but we were, like, bonded. Like, I was close with his family. Like, I watched him basically raise his brother and helped with that. I was, like, a massive part of his life. I was his support system. Mm -hmm. um, and that... I kept going. I I kept pushing it, and I kept yeah. even when the warning signs there were there, like when he was his outlook towards women, like his viewpoints, like even when that stuff was like big red flags, like I didn't want to lose it. Yeah, I didn't want to lose the connection that we had, and like I'm sure today, like I eventually broke it off, but I'm sure today if we got together we would still vibe, mm. but he's just not someone I want in my life. Like yeah. he became an incel. He was saying stuff about how he was like a massive feminist hater, like about the, um, the Holocaust being a lie, um, that it never happened. All of this like conspiracy, he was radicalized by Reddit. Mm. Um, he was like the perfect opportunity, like it was the perfect opportunity for him to become extreme and the people he surrounded himself with were also extreme and shitty people. Yeah. but um, Which in itself probably stems from friendship or a lack thereof mm. and looking for some kind of bonding. And so you see these people with these radical views and I don't know, maybe you just feel like oh, I can connect with this group and become part of something. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that he struggled with, being part of something and being accepted. Like, he, at one point, I remember, he started working out, going to the gym all the time. And I was like, oh, this is really good. It's good for your mental health, good for your body image and stuff. And then he was like, yeah, and I'm becoming a proper man. Oh, yikes. Yeah. When you said, I'm pretty sure we would still vibe if we hung out, do you feel any kind of guilt about that? Yeah, definitely a massive amount of guilt. Like, I lost someone who was in my life for years and years. Mm. Like, someone who was, like, a brother to me. Like, from what I remember, he joined you on family holidays and yeah. things. Yeah, he came on every family holiday. Yeah. Um, even when we weren't talking so much, like, it was that thing of, 
he'd come on a family holiday because it was happening and we'd vibe. It would be great. Mm. It was a lovely feeling being around him and having that connection, having that past and knowing him intrinsically, him in and out. Like I knew everything about him, why he, all his motivations behind everything he said. Yeah. So talking to him was easy. It was so easy and it was so nice. But um, he just changed. He he lent into the negativity. He lent into that sense of belonging to a group. And he chose the wrong group. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Didn't invite, even invite me to his wedding. That's tragic. Mm-hmm. That's so shitty. But at least you can feel comfortable in knowing, like that he's wrong. Yeah. All of these choices are wrong. There's no question about it. Mm. And so if you're going to be neglected by a former friend, then at least it's, you can be comfortable in the knowledge that they're not on the right path. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Part of me thinks, Oh, I should be there for him. Like with this new, with the old friendship group with the druggies that I got back into, where I was like, to a degree, I could breathe new life into them. Yeah. That I could be a new viewpoint, a modern viewpoint, a different viewpoint, and give them some world perspective mm-hmm. and help them out. Like, I feel guilty that I wasn't there for him to lead him in the right direction. But that's not my place. No, it's not. Like, he was... And you can only be there if you're open as an option to him. And it sounds like he made a choice and fucked off everyone else that wasn't in that Mm -hmm. bubble yeah so yeah what about work friends (laughs) work friends are so weird yeah work friends you're forced to spend more time with them than you would your own friends in a normal situation I guess normal's subjective but yeah it's a weird one yeah, when I was working in Tesco, um, I didn't have any work friends. I hated them all. Like, didn't want that proximity of, mm. like, them thinking they knew me. Um, and they were very simple people. Um, so they were easy to get around and easy to, like, have a chat with. But easy I, to tolerate during easy, the work day. Yeah, easy to tolerate and easy to, like get something out of yeah but um no not work friends but then when i was working in an office i did have a work friend i had someone I had a bond with she was a massive feminist massive like massively like educated on that stuff and into that stuff and that was exciting seeing someone with the passion that was outside work that wasn't just like i'm really good at sending emails yeah um and we bonded and like had a connection but it wasn't anything beyond work. I think it's dangerous as well, building a really close friendship in work because it can become part of like office politics. Yeah. And so if you're really good friends with someone and they have a fallout <laughs> with someone else, then suddenly the office is divided and you're on a side that you didn't even actively try and become part of. Yeah. And then it creates a tense environment. When I was younger, I definitely wanted to pursue work friendships Mm. feeling like well these are just you know it's like any other situation i want to feel bonded to the people i'm spending time with yeah 
but it didn't ever really work the way I wanted it to. Mm. Um, it never really does. It never really does, I don't think, with work friends. And then I started blaming myself to some extent, thinking like, oh, maybe I'm just a shitty person they don't really want to hang around with. Mm. Um, but I think they probably just had a bigger grasp on what work friends are than yeah. I did at the time, being new to it. Nowadays, I am much more like, bitch, I see you enough. <laughs> you can stay in this office. That's yeah. where I'm. That's where you belong in my mind. Like, we don't need to hang out. We don't need to talk about who I'm fucking. Mm-hmm. Just keep it strictly professional. And I'm very okay with that now. I don't have any time for it. Yeah. Which might make me sound like a bitch, but I'm cool I with it. I don't know how I... Because I'm not working at the moment, but I am starting to get to the position where I'm looking for a job again and looking into and thinking about what kind of work environment I want to be in. Mm. I want to be in a position where I'm surrounded by passionate people. Yeah. And I wonder if once I'm in that environment... But passionate about what? About work stuff or about things outside of work? Both. I want to be in a situation where their job is something they enjoy. I want to be in a position where my job is something I enjoy and that there's a bond over that stuff. And I wonder if work friends would be a completely different story in that situation. Yeah. Where the focus isn't on professionalism, the focus is on passion. And I wonder if bonding with people in that situation would be a lot different. It comes down a lot to the type of work as well that you're doing day in, day out. Like, Mm. In a tax office, for example, there's going to be a very different collection of people than you would find working in a, a like a, a hair salon mm. or a plant shop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it massively comes down to the type of people that are attracted to that work profession that you've chosen as well, I think. Yeah, and where people are in their lives as well. Yeah, for sure. In Tesco, I didn't see it as a job for life. Like, there was no way I was working there forever. It was a stopgap. And for a few people, it was also a stopgap. And those are the people who I had more of a connection with. Mm -hmm. I wonder if in situations where it's a job for life, it's a career that professionalism matters more. Yeah. And that... You might bond with someone, but that's a second place. But where it's a casual job, you make more casual acquaintances and you're more relaxed. I think so. I think as well, the moment you leave a job, it's one of those things that you can try and keep up the friendship, but it's like what we were saying earlier about old friends that just naturally drift apart in life. Mm. When you're suddenly not, forced into the environment that you're sharing with them every day then it becomes effort to maintain and so again just naturally you're just not you've realized like oh yeah we were only friends on work time yeah well i just like had a sad thought that some people only have work friends yeah that is sad but yeah totally normal yeah for a lot of people i'm sure that 
the socializing only happens around work and because of work. And I suppose that's why there's such a, from working in an office where it was a career, there was such a focus on work events and work socials. And that was the highlight of people's like month was a work social and this work event coming up. Whereas I was very standoffish in that situation where I normally am, where it's like a big group mentality i'm like why the fuck are we doing this something you just said made me think of something as well when you said for a lot of people that's probably all they have Mm. are work friends that made me think of something that bo burnham mentioned which the love of my life everyone should watch his special inside on netflix and every other special he's done but inside is the best (laughs) uh but something he i'm paraphrasing but he does this whole speech about how the digital world is nowadays the real world. That's where everything matters. And the the physical world is just preparation space. Get your food, do what you need to do to make content, but then you put it online. Yeah. Like, what do you think about people who probably only have digital connections with people that they'll never meet physically, but for them, that's everything. Like, that's their... That's the only source of contact they have with humanity. Well, I know people like that. One of my friends from uh, college, who I'm still friends with, let's call her T. Um, So many T's. Yeah, lots of T's. Um, She she is one of those people who has internet friends, Mm. who has massive internet friends, who she knows everything about, who she talks to, like probably more than me, honestly. Um, and she's never going to meet them. Would you? Do you consider those real friends? Yeah. Yeah, like, because you have... It's about the bond that you have, isn't it? Yeah. Not about the proximity you have. They're like people who live in America and stuff. Like, she's just never going to... I would agree to an extent. Like, from what you said about tea, mm. this tea, uh, it sounds like they've on both sides have taken the time to get to know each other more than just online support by likes and follows or whatever. Yeah. It sounds like they actually have more of a conversation, but even down to likes and follows. I mean, if you, if a friendship, if the, if the point of a friendship is to, I don't know, feel accepted, gain confidence, mm. feel like you're sharing something with someone and they're sharing or enjoying sharing that back then what is yeah what's not real about even a like yeah even if you're if you're an influencer and you get a million likes for a photo then yeah they're your support network yeah they are they're giving you something that's making you feel validated they're giving you that external connection i think yeah. it's all real yeah like my partner has people that he's in some form of relationship with, who he's been talking to for years, who he has no plans on meeting, maybe if they're around or whatever, he meet up with them or whatever. But the main point of their relationship is this online flirting, this online back and forth. They like everything he does. He likes everything they do. Yeah. Like, they're a support network. They are in a relationship. Like, that is back and forth, that is caring, that is those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would crave more. I would 
I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't find it enough. No, there's an addictive part that I think comes nat more more easily with the online stuff. Yeah. Than in real life or real in the physical life, mm. definitely because then it's an it becomes a whole thing about seeing numbers, and the higher the number, the bigger the endorphin rush. Yeah. And all of that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like the whole thing with dating apps where people put their uh, Instagram handles in there. Like, oh, I hate uh, that. Follow me. Yeah. More likely to chat on Instagram. I'm like, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You just want loads of random hot guys following you. Yeah. That you kind of occasionally talk to. Like, that's not something I'm interested in. Yeah. Like, I, I, my view of friendship is like the time you spent together mm-hmm. and that can be over the phone through text but majority of that is in person yeah because someone's so different in person mm-hmm. there's so much more like rawness rawness and there's so much more to pick up on and read yeah and like how like just like face value being in front of someone is so much different yeah and there's so much more of like a bond and like all of that stuff maybe we should end Mm -hmm. with a friend story Mm -hmm. and the one that i'm thinking of is actually one of yours yeah but why don't you tell everyone what your good friend told you happened to them at alana del rey experience (laughs) (laughs) and i guess go into this with um with the assessment in mind as to whether or not you think this is a legitimate story because i was on the floor (laughs) by hearing about this incredulously more than anything but it is funny so is it actually a story i heard from an ex okay my mistake um but it's still funny as fuck so still a friend um we're like friendly now um his he went to a Lana Del Rey concert with his friend, uh-huh. and Thanks. she and she came into the. It was at the end, not live on stage, as uh, Rex thought. Uh, it was at the end, little meet and greet. Everyone was fawning over her, and everyone was falling over Lana Del Rey. <laughs> fawning, oh, over. fawning. Okay, I um, like the other one. And um, their friend reached out, touched her hair, got the hand caught in her hair, and ripped a chunk of Lana Del Rey's hair out. It's true. And she just carried on. <laughs> it is not. That is no way. Is that true? No. What? What did he do with the hair? What did he do with a clump of Lana Del Rey's hair that she just completely was totally fine with and carried on like normal? Probably kept it forever and masturbated. <laughs> Sold it on eBay. That's it. I'm gonna find the eBay listing for this. That's not. And right. I was told this story, and I was just say, "Oh yeah, that's interesting." And then it just popped into my head, and I told Rex. And Rex was in 
bits. I lost it. I could not believe what I was hearing. I did. Okay, admittedly, I did think it was while she was on stage <laughs> singing, which does take it to another level. But either either way, that's not true. No, like where was her bodyguard in all this? Like she's just been physically assaulted. She's been maimed in in a meeting. Like what the hell? <laughs> that's not true. Um, but you fully sound by like no, yeah, that's yeah, what, that's, yeah, that's the truth. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> friends okay well I think that's good yeah bye everyone see you next time